From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Greetings to you today, dear ones in Christ. We are here looking at the visions to the Jews. We've looked at the visions of the Gentiles in in, uh, Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 2, we saw the first Jewish vision. There are eight visions given in the night between Zechariah chapter 1 and chapter 6. We come to the vision of Joshua the high priest in Zechariah chapter 3. Now, this is a Jewish vision with a Gentile implication. There is an application for us here. And uh, this in this fourth vision that we come to. And this vision deals with the moral and religious condition. Some say there are two visions here. Uh, They say there is the vision of the cleansing of Joshua the high priest and the vision of the branch. Uh, It's one vision, but the vision has a message attached to it. The vision is of Joshua the high priest who stands in need of cleansing, and the message is that the branch, Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come and cleanse his people. Now, let's look first at the characters of this vision in verse number one. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and standing and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Here is a unique and an unlikely trio, Satan, the accuser of the brethren, Joshua in need of cleansing and Jehovah who stands ready to cleanse and to cure. You have God, you have the devil and you have a man. Well, that just about sums up life right there. Now, Satan stands ready to accuse, but does not speak. He disappears, not to be heard from again. And praise the Lord for that. Amen. That this accuser of the brethren stands and accuses us day and night. But there is coming a day, Revelation tells us, that he'll be cast down out of heaven, never to be heard from again. And here in a a rare case that we actually see in the scripture and that we have any light about, the accuser of the brethren stands ready to resist Joshua. And I don't feel any sympathy for Satan, and you shouldn't either. But God and Satan get more blame for things that they've never done than all the others who have been falsely accused in the history of the world combined. Satan is seen only next to Job, David, Zechariah, Judas Iscariot, and Jesus in the Bible. But he is the great accuser. Satan is in heaven now before the throne as the accuser of the brethren. That is how he resists us. What does he accuse you of? He said nothing about Job. He talks about others, but not a man like Job. If there's no accusation, he has to be silent. God has to put up and hear enough. Uh, let's, let's strive that he don't have to hear about us. You know, the proverb says, where no wood is, the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Don't give the devil anything to talk about. Don't let the devil stand before God and accuse you. Now, look, a lot of times, we, well, the devil, old Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. And again, I have no sympathy for Satan, but Satan most likely did not tempt you personally. He's not omnipresent. He stands, and you know what he accuses you of? He has a system. He has unclean spirits. He has a world of wickedness that he's established. But you know what? Every man is drawn to, sins when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You're, you know why you sin? Because you are a sinner by birth, by choice, by nature. You sin whether Satan tempted you or not. That is your nature. 
Satan doesn't have to do anything. And, and, and again, he has tools in the world in place to set you up for a fall. And we ought to resist the devil and he'll flee from you and draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. And you resist the devil by quoting the scripture. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's what Jesus did in Matthew 4 when he was tempted by Satan. He quoted the Bible when he was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But uh, you know what? Don't give Satan something to talk about. Preacher, you don't know what, I, well, uh, you don't know what I've done. Well, don't worry. I, I, for, confess your sins. Get them forgiven. But today... Don't give Satan anything to talk about today. All you got to worry about is today, right now. Today, don't don't give Satan anything to talk about before the Lord. And uh, God has to hear enough stuff about enough people. Just let it not be us. Amen. And then I want you to notice here the character of Joshua in verse number two and three. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed in with filthy garments and stood before the angel on the day of atonement the high priest uh, joshua was the high priest in this day had to take seven ritual baths for cleansing he had to put on special garments god does care what you wear by the way he first had to offer a bullock for his own sins and then a lamb for the sins of the nation personal examination and cleansing are the key to national cleansing and as he entered the holy of holies there was a scarlet rope tied to his ankle if he was found unclean before the shekinah glory of god's spirit he would immediately die that why that's why there was a bell and a pomegranate uh, sewn next to each other all around the hem of the high priestly rope it was a bell and a pomegranate a bell and a pomegranate around the entire skirt as long as he was moving he was making noise if it went silent that scarlet cord they drug him out if he was found unclean before the Shekinah glory of God's spirit, he would immediately die. And the priests were on the outside of the temple veil to drag him out if he died. The Bible does not mention this happening. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I'm inclined to believe that on this day, everybody took special care, knowing your life was in your own hands to make sure they were clean. If they entered, if the priest standing outside entered the Holy of Holies, they would die also. And again, uh, we don't have a record that it happened. We don't have a record that it didn't happen. Happen either. The high priest then took the misrock, which was the holy instrument that held the blood of the lamb, and poured it, which is Yom Kippur, the day of covering, uh, atonement on the mercy seat, and God would cover the sins of the people temporarily for one more year until Messiah, the branch Zechariah speaks of, would come to make a permanent cleansing and covering. The blood was a covering until a complete cleansing could come. Job 1 6, Revelation 12 10. Now, Joshua is a brand plucked from the fire. Surely the high priest would be found in unpolluted garments, but not so. He was the holiest man in the nation, and yet his righteousness was filthy rags, and God's holiest brand was in need of cleansing in Joshua's day, in Zechariah's day. Joshua represents not only himself, but his nation. He is one of many that stand in need of purification. They have been under God's judgment. Now that they had returned to him, they stood in need of cleansing. Satan is rebuked by God to be silent, even though Joshua and the nation are guilty. The nation may be an unholy nation, but they are still God's chosen people. By the way, you and I would be good to be reminded that let him that th wherefore let him that think he standeth, uh, that think he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Uh, you and I are going to be in need of cleansing. You know what? You and I have been made holy and made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're born again, child of God, we wear the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus. But you know what? We still live in a filthy, dirty world, and sometimes our garments get spotted by the flesh. James said that, and Paul said that. 
And we're to present to the Lord Jesus Christ as his bride, a pure, prove our purity, and to present ourselves pure without spot and unblameable before him. Christian, you better keep short accounts. Keep your sins confessed. As you look for the coming of the Lord, as we've seen in these other visions, you got to keep your garments clean. you got to keep yourself unspotted from the world. How do I do that? Pure religion and unfiled before God and the Father is this, to keep oneself unspotted from the world and to visit the fatherless and the widow in their affliction. Let me tell you something keep away from the world. Be separated. Live a holy separated life. If the world's for it, be against it. Don't be for the world's movies, for the world's music, for the world's clothes, for the world's language, for the world's fellowships, uh, for the world's amusements and entertainment. Stay out of the world. Keep yourself unspotted. Keep yourself unspotted. And then do good works. That's why he mentions the fatherless and the widow. They, they need, there are people out there that need your help. Jesus went about doing good. You want to be holy? Keep out of Egypt? and keep doing your father's business to those who stand in need. And uh, we're going to see the cleansing in verses 4 through 7 when we come back here next week. And uh, my time is gone for today. But uh, I hope that you will, you will don't, don't ever get so big for your britches that you think that I've been saved and I got my ducks in a row and I got my Christian life down and I got this going and I'm not, oh, we're always going to need the cleansing. We're always going to get dirt on these garments. You better keep them clean. You better confess your sins and confess your faults one to another and confess your sins to your to the to the Lord and, and make sure that you've kept clean and short accounts with God to, to have that holiness and righteousness maintained in your life because sin's always going to be present trying to drag you down, getting the best of us from time to time. And uh, uh, the just man falls seven times, but riseth up again. You're going to have to get up, brush the dirt off, and uh, don't be too proud. Some people are laying down the dirt and rolling in it, and they think that they're standing up all clean and white. Oh, please, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself in your time of prayer to confess your sins. And be honest with God and confess them and uh, be cleansed like Joshua was cleansed, as we'll see when we come back again. May the Lord bless you until our time again. No longer a pauper. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the poor love.